Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking. It's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. Welcome to This Day in Baseball's Daily Rewind, where we bring you events and stories that are eternal memories for baseball fans' soul. We bring you one event from each day in the calendar and go well beyond the box score. Our stories are brief and fun and come with some surprises. My name's Tom Hannon, and I have had a never-ending curiosity about baseball for 40 years, and it's my pleasure to bring these stories to you. Hey, baseball fans, today is episode 10. I'm excited to bring this episode to you as we look to April 10th, 1981, and I titled this episode, Pudge Returns to Fenway After Changing His Socks. A quick note, this past week, we've started putting up full-length broadcasts on YouTube, including several broadcasts from 1934 through 1936. How about Joe DiMaggio's all-star game in World Series debuts in 1936? The 1934 all-star game, which features Carl Hubble striking out five straight future Hall of Famers. We know some of the names, Ruth, Simmons, Fox, Garrick. And in 1935, the World Series winning walk-off hit. These are just some of the full-length broadcasts that we have on our YouTube channel. And our username is This Day in Baseball. And if you can't find us on YouTube, just go to our website and click the little YouTube icon in the top corner. And that'll bring you right to us. Now on to the episode. Pudge returns to Fenway after changing his socks. On April 10th, 1981, the baseball season opened in Fenway Park. And Carlton Fisk the heart and soul of the Boston Red Sox, the 1975 Game 6 World Series hero had changed his socks from red to white. He had signed a new contract on March 18th to play for the Chicago White Sox. In the season opener, in a scene only fit for the movies, the White Sox were down two zip in the top of the eighth. And with two men on and one out, Fisk was facing longtime teammate Bob Stanley who had relieved Dennis Eckersley. Fisk wastes no time, 
swinging at the first pitch from his former battery mate and sending it into the screen above the left field wall. And back then, there were no seats. There was a screen. As Fist saw the ball land into the net, he broke into his famous home run trot. Hands held down, elbows stiff, head high as he rounded the bases in elegant, almost regal demeanor. The trot could be seen as arrogant to his opponents, but the fans in Boston knew better as they cheered their lost star. Fisk would say, Stanley has a heck of a sinker. And I looked for a pitch down and over the plate, and when I hit it, I thought it was going to be off the wall. I thought it would be a double. When it got close to second base, I saw the umpire waving me around. It felt pretty good. Teammate and fellow new Southsider, Ron LaFleur, said, I didn't know he had that much left in it. I think it was really great for him to play in this park and do what he did. They were booing him to start the game, and then they gave him that standing ovation. This home run was the crucial blow as the White Sox would go on to win the game 5-3. White Fisk had made cameo appearances in both the 69 and 71 seasons, but his first full campaign with the Red Sox was 1972 when he won the Rookie of the Year. And from 72 through 1980, the Red Sox were perennial World Series contenders. They had won 90-plus games four times. Individually, he was an all-star, gold glover. He finished in the top 10 MVP voting three times. The Red Sox, of course, made the World Series in 75 and fell a game short of the ALCS in 1978 when they infamously collapsed. And Fisk was the heart and soul of the team during that era. The Red Sox had offered Fisk a contract renewal at less than market value early in 1980. But in Fisk's mind, the effort to win extended beyond the players on the diamond. Commitment to excellence was also a top brass requisite as well. Fisk felt this was simple. He'd performed for the Red Sox and performed well. So why should contract renewals be a battle all the time? Back then, the Red Sox were not the lavish spenders they are today, and this was typical behavior for them. He started to feel estranged from the Boston organization as his confidence in the organization began to wane for the first time in his career. The Red Sox had begun to dismantle this group of World Series contenders from the 70s. Fred Lynn, Rick Burleson, and Butch Hobson had been traded, and his own contracts were stalled. And then the unthinkable happened. Red Sox general manager Haywood Sullivan blundered by failing to mail his contract on time, rendering Fisk a free agent. The contract was mailed on December 22, 1980, which was two days late from the required December 20, 1980 deadline. Sullivan would make several false claims during this time period, and the, and the dispute would go on to an arbitrator who ruled in favor of Fisk. Fisk would say, Haywood claimed he offered me more money, more years, more everything. Again, there's an easy answer to that. If he had, I would have taken it and stayed in Boston my entire career. It's funny, at the time people were talking about me betraying the Boston Red Sox, everyone made a big deal about the December 20th date, like it was some fluke, and the Red Sox got cheated because of the deadline. What no one talks about is the Red Sox had several months to offer me a contract, and they never did. Even during the hearing, the Red Sox could have made it all go away with the fair offer, and they didn't. I wasn't interested in beating the Red Sox, 
but I did what was fair. In poetic fashion in 1980, Baltimore Orioles manager and future Hall of Famer Earl Weaver would say, the guy they'd hate to lose the most, even more than Jim Rice, is Fisk. Well, as the Red Sox found out, Earl Weaver was right. What happened as a result is the perennial non-contending Chicago White Sox offered a $3.5 million deal, which was almost twice what the Red Sox actually offered. New owners Eddie Einhorn and Jerry Reinsdorf figured Fisk's acquisition would create instant credibility for the team. And of course, Einhorn and Reinsdorf were right, as Chicago would become a perennial contender and they would win the division in 1983. Although they would lose the ALCS to Baltimore, Fisk himself would finish third in MVP voting and they would be a, con a contending team for the first half of the 1980s. And what happened to the Red Sox? Well, they toiled in the lower half of the division the, until 1986. Fisk will finish off his Hall of Fame career in Chicago. He's going to play more games from the White Sox than the Red Sox. He'll have more hits, more home runs. And of course, Fisk took particular joy in sticking it to the Red Sox, especially at Fenway. A career 300 hitter in Boston, Fisk upped that average to 314 as a member of the White Sox. Fisk also doubled his home run percentage versus the Red Sox, and in the end, in over 107 games versus the Red Sox, Fisk would hit 310 with 27 home runs and 68 RBIs. Thanks for joining us today on This Day in Baseball, The Daily Rewind. Just a reminder, there are thousands of stories on our website, thisdayinbaseball.com, and we hope to see you there or at the ballpark.